So Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish festival. A festival celebrating the harvest, a celebration, a thanksgiving time. And so Jerusalem is packed. Thousands of people are gathered there to worship in the temple. This was the norm. This wasn't unusual. Every year, Pentecost, they gathered together to give praise to God. And the disciples are there too. They're there gathered together in one place. And they are still waiting. Because Jesus had said to them, wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit comes. And they're waiting for the promise of that to come in a new way. The gift of the Holy Spirit coming afresh, coming in a way that hasn't been happened before. Because the Holy Spirit has always been there from the very beginning. It wasn't that he's coming for the first time, but he would be coming in a different way. Way back in Genesis chapter 1, we see the Spirit of God hovering over the water. God, Father, Son and Spirit has always been and always will be. But there had always been a promise that something different would happen. All the way through the Old Testament, prophets have spoken that something different would happen. In Ezekiel, he stands up and says these words from God, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Something different would happen. Up until then, the Jewish people have followed the law in their own strength. And that is hard to do. And the promise of the Spirit would be a a change of heart so that with God living in us, we would instinctively, as we live like him, become more like him. Yes, we still follow the commandments, but from a different place or from being empowered from within. And more would happen. The Spirit would come with power for new and exciting things. In Joel, it says this, And afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Exciting picture of what was to come. And still the waiting. And still the waiting. And Jesus comes. Jesus comes to live on earth. The word made flesh come to dwell amongst us. And in Jesus we see who God is. And we see the love of the Father fulfilled in Jesus. And Jesus in his final words, as we've heard over the last few weeks, says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And so they've been waiting. They didn't know how long they would need to keep waiting. Already there's been a history of hundreds of years of waiting. And so the disciples wait in Jerusalem. I wonder what they thought would happen. I wonder what they were thinking as they waited. Would this ever be? Is this another promise that will take an eternity so it feels to be fulfilled? How would this be? What would it look like? But in obedience to Jesus, they waited. All they knew was that Jesus had promised this would happen. 
and that they would then be equipped for the next stage of their mission. You will receive power, said Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Spirit would come and fill them. Yes, so that they are filled, but in order that they might be equipped and empowered to proclaim that Christ is Lord. That is their mission, to proclaim that Christ is Lord. And so they're gathered together in a house when suddenly there is a noise like the wind filling the whole place and tongues of fire coming to land on each one of them. There's no question at this point, this is God at work. This is what they have been waiting for. What would happen next? And they are each filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that phrase. They were each filled with the Holy Spirit. This isn't a gift for just a few. The Holy Spirit comes to fill each and every believer. They were each filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were each able to speak in different languages, able to declare the wonders of God so that all could understand. In this moment, all the longings of the disciples' hearts were fulfilled. All that waiting, all that trusting, all that hanging on to the belief in Jesus' promise, all of that now confirmed in fullness. They were each filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter then stands up. The, unage, un, the uneducated fisherman stands up to preach. What drove him out of the house into the marketplace to stand and preach in front of thousands? Only the power of the Spirit can do that. And he stands and explains how the scriptures have been fulfilled in Jesus. And he calls the people to believe. And about 3,000 were added to their number. Wow, that's a powerful sermon, isn't it? 3,000 came to faith. That might have just been 3,000 men, then their wives and all their households as well. Immediately, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up to proclaim that Christ is Lord. For him, it's in the form of a sermon, preaching to many who are gathered there. The ability to be able to unfold the scriptures to those around, to show them how Jesus has always been there throughout scripture. He has been equipped and empowered to do what God has called him to do. And filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter becomes the person that God has intended him to be. Yes, he's a fisherman, but also an evangelist, a fisher of men, a church planter, a preacher, a man who has been transformed through the love of Jesus and whose willingness to wait and trust allows the Holy Spirit to do a new work in him. Today we celebrate again Pentecost. You don't need to wait as the disciples did. We don't need to wait for this empowering of the Holy Spirit. 
Because we have the promise of the Holy Spirit day after day after day. But it's good to remember because we so easily forget and don't allow the Holy Spirit to equip and fill us. And so to be able to come to celebrate Pentecost when we remember that different Pentecost for the Jewish people is a fantastic opportunity to remember the truths and the promises of Jesus that we too can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we become like Peter, the people God intends us to be. And this is such a message of hope. Particularly today. This message, a promise of hope. Because of the love of the Father, fulfilled in the life of Jesus, we can know the power of the Holy Spirit filling us afresh in order that we might become the people God intends us to be. Whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever our situations, God knows us, he has made us, and he longs for us to live as he has created us to be. And we can be that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And today of all days, it's good to stop and remember that. I need to remember that as I move on to something else. On my journey, holding on to this gives me confidence that I can do what God is asking of me. Because without that, I couldn't do it. No way. But I know that God has called me and that he will fill me in order to do what he asks of me. On the 3rd of July, I'll be at St. Paul's Cathedral, hugely daunting. But in that service, I'll be anointed with oil. And that happens as a sign of the Holy Spirit. Chrism, chrism oil. And the Archbishop will invite the Holy Spirit to come upon me and three others and will anoint us and invite the Holy Spirit to fill us and to equip us for various things. To be a shepherd of Christ's flock. That's why you have a big stick. To be a guardian of the faith of the apostles. And that's really quite powerful. To think that one of my responsibilities is to keep true the faith that Peter first preached of at Pentecost. That's daunting. To proclaim the gospel of God's kingdom and to lead his people in mission. And to gather God's people and celebrate with them the sacraments of the new covenant. So that moment of anointing is a holy moment when everybody in the place knows that it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that anybody can do that. This is God's call on my life. And I know that this is who he has made me to be. For this time, in this place, he calls us at different points. He has always called me. He called me at the age of 12 to speak to my friends in a crusader group. He called me 
at 16 to stand in front of a school when I was the quietest girl in the class and explain why I belonged to a Christian union. He called me all through my life because I've heard his voice. And I know today that he is calling me for this time in this place. It won't be forever. But we're called, it's an Esther moment, isn't it? For such a time as this. This is God's calling on my life. I can't do it in my own strength. I know that wholeheartedly. But only through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's my journey. And today is significant that it's Pentecost. But for you, you too are called. You're called in the same way as me to proclaim Christ as Lord. As the disciples were equipped to go out and proclaim Christ as Lord, so are we, each and every one of us. I happen to have to wear a silly hat to do it. You don't. (laughs) But you are called to proclaim Christ as Lord through your life, your actions, and your words. And you will be equipped daily by the Holy Spirit for that if you invite him to do so you're going to have a new leader to guide you as a church pray already for him or her God knows who it is they too will be anointed with oil at their licensing service whenever that is sometime in the autumn and the bishop again will recognise that nobody can do this in their own strength And there'll be a moment of inviting the Holy Spirit to anoint your new leader, to be equipped to take you as a people on in your own journeys, but to proclaim afresh the gospel for these communities. Pray for your new leader. It's a mighty task they are called to do. And they can only do it through the strength of God. And that will be helped by your prayers. So pray already for who God is calling, that already he's burning in their hearts a desire to continue to proclaim Christ as Lord in this place for this next period of time. You want God's anointed leader. Pray heartily for that. And in your own lives, be filled daily. Each day, remember, we say this at communion, the Lord is here His Spirit is with us. Every morning, the Lord is here. The Spirit is with me. When you're just going into a difficult meeting, the Lord is here. The Spirit is with me. It doesn't take very long. But it reminds us that we are filled and equipped through the power of the Holy Spirit. And be filled so that you can be the people God has made you to be. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your situation, God knows you. He has made you. He has crafted you. Live as he has made you. Ask him what that is. And ask him to shape you and mould you and transform you. Don't get stuck. This is who I am. Because God will not finish with us till we enter into heaven. And if we want to live as his children, he's offering to do a mighty work in us. Why would you not want that? To live as you're actually made to be is the most freeing thing. You don't have to pretend anymore. 
You just are. Live with that desire day by day and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And as you do, expect to see amazing things happen in your lives and in the life of this church. And as you as a church pray for the Holy Spirit to equip you to proclaim Christ as Lord, expect to see more and more people join you. Coming to know Jesus for the first time. Pray for 3,000. It's a good number. Aim high. Why settle for less? If Peter, the uneducated fisherman who always got his words wrong, who just made a mess of it so many times, but had a deep love of Jesus, can stand up and preach in such a way that 3,000 hearts are changed. You can do anything. If you need five services on a Sunday, go for it. Because that's what you need to be thinking about. Because that is the promise of Pentecost. There is power. There is hope. There is promise. Let me pray. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Hold on to that. Expect God to do more than you can ever ask or imagine. The next phase of your journey is exciting. There is sadness today, yes. But for me and for you, we enter into a new chapter, totally dependent on God through the love of Jesus and equipped and empowered through the Holy Spirit for where he will take us next. Amen. When I say God of our past, our present and our future, would you respond with, hear our prayer. Faithful God, the Lord Jesus promised that he would send another counsellor, the Spirit of Truth, who would guide us, teach us, and empower us to be his witnesses. Today we celebrate the promised coming of the Holy Spirit and praise you for his work in our lives, our church, and our world. Thank you, Lord, that you guided Debbie to our church nine years ago, and now you've clearly guided her to her new role as Bishop of Southampton. Father God, we ask that you will continue to guide her, and day by day as she steps out in faith to serve you in a new place. May she look back with joy at your faithfulness in the past, know your peace, strength, and love in the present, and move with hope and excitement into all that you have prepared for her future. Fill Debbie with your spirit as she's consecrated and installed as bishop, equipping her with all that she needs from your limitless resources. We thank you too for Paul and all that he has been and given to the church over the years. We ask that you will be with them both now in the practicalities of packing up and moving into a new home. Help them as they develop new relationships and new friendships. Keep them safe in their travels and give them precious times together as they move forward with you. 
May they know your richest blessings, even as they are used by you to bring your blessings to others. God of our past, our present, and our future, hear our prayers. Faithful, loving Father, you have watched over your people in this church for many hundreds of years, and we know that you are with us now as we wait for the person that you will call to lead us. We ask that you will give wisdom and discernment to those involved in the process of completing the parish profile and to those who interview the candidates. We pray especially for Guy, Alex and Patricia, our wardens, for PCC members, for David, Kia and all the clergy who assist in so many ways, for Heather in the office and for all those who will play their part to keep things running smoothly during the vacancy. Please guide and help them in all they need to do. And may this time of waiting be also a time of waiting on you as we all pray for your will to be done. God of our past, our present and our future, hear our prayers. Heavenly Father, we pray too for the person you've chosen to lead this church fellowship in the future. We ask that they will see the parish profile and advertisement and be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to take the next step. If there are difficulties and obstacles that are not of your making, would you remove them and then protect and lead through all the procedures until the right decisions are made? Father, we pray that, united in and through the Spirit, you would help us to move on together to be your church in this place, a place where people can meet with the Lord Jesus, grow in his love, and become the people you created us to be. God of our past, our present, and our future, hear our prayers. Heavenly Father, God of all history, we look back to last week's D-Day events and are grateful for the peace that eventually came to Europe. Today we face different challenges and different dangers, but again we look to you for guidance and help. We pray that you will guide all those involved in Brexit discussions and negotiations and show them the right way forward. In your mercy, help us all to play our part in the healing of our divided nation and raise up leaders of integrity who will pursue justice, show mercy, and work wisely for the good of all. We think, too, of our troubled world, facing so many man-made and natural disasters. Lord, through your Spirit, protect and enable all those working to bring peace, practical help, and comfort to those who suffer. And nearer home, please, Lord Jesus, would you be with those known to us personally who are facing difficulties and challenges. May they find your light in the darkness and hope for the days ahead. Celebrating Pentecost today, we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us individually and as your church to live as your witnesses, helping others to discover how great you are and how much you love us. God of our past, our present, and our future, hear our prayers. And finally, Lord God, we offer you a prayer written in the 19th century, but as relevant today as it was then, because you do not change. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Come as holy fire and burn in us. Come as holy wind and cleanse us within. Come as holy light and lead us in the darkness. Come as holy truth and dispel our ignorance. Come as holy power and enable us in our weakness. Come as holy life and dwell in us. Convict us, convert us, consecrate us until we are set free from the service of ourselves to be your servants in the whole world. God of our past, our present, and our future, hear our prayers. Amen.